It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. All right, welcome aboard. Dennis Stuckey, Brady Beaton, Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. And uh, over the uh, last uh, two days, I don't want to call it slow. It was busy last night, but Monday was was kind of a, a quiet uh, day, but well, we'll a lot talk of teams about. Don't like to play on Monday. Yeah, uh, I, I don't understand. like to play on Monday, but I did. I, in, <laughs> in high school, I didn't like to play because I mean, some school districts allow you to practice Sunday, but even if so, you like to have your kids to have a day off, so you don't like to come in and play a game right away on a Monday. You like to at least get that day to run around and knock off the little weekend rust. So that's why usually Mondays are quiet. Yeah, I mean, I I'd prefer a game to practice, but. I, I get where you're coming from, and and uh, and I, if I were a coach, I would want practice. But as a player, I just want play. Oh yeah, you just, you don't want any practice. You'd no. want a a fifty game schedule where you play every other day for a hundred. I, I I would want a, a one hundred game schedule where you play two a day for fifty <laughs> days, or once every hundred uh, one one a day for a hundred days. Well, we only maybe get, we could take Sundays. We off. only get twenty two games. Uh, this season, which is better, which is better, and we will have some stuff to talk about. Tuesday was a little more loaded, as you were alluding to, than Monday, but we still had some results from Monday to draw from in both boys and girls. You saw a hockey game, and then Tuesday, BWAC play got started for girls, had some boys crossovers that were very interesting, and a really nice win for those pioneers up in Croslex after losing in heartbreaking fashion. Yeah, that that's a, a really big bounce back. We'll get to all of that in just a moment. When you run with us on a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention. The herd takes notice. And the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800 250-7520. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810-364-8700. For all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. 
Brady Beaton here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Marysville. Mattress King has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years. With locations in Port Huron, Richmond, Lapeer, Chesterfield, and Hall Road, they are the best one-stop shop for your sleeping and mattress needs. Mattress King carries all the top brands such as Serta, Stearns & Foster, Sealy, iComfort, and Tempur-Pedic. Not only do they have the best prices and best service in the area backed by hundreds of five-star reviews, they also offer interest-free financing and no-credit check programs for those with less than stellar credit. Once you get your mattress, they offer free local delivery on all purchases $6.99 and up. When you think sleep, think Mattress King. Garrett Clean by Bachelor has been faithfully serving the Blue Water area for over 25 years. Whether you are commercial or residential, if you need carpet cleaning, stain removal, upholstered furniture, drapery, or air duct cleaning, call Garrett Clean by Bachelor at 810-982-7044 and talk to Mike about their aerated foam process that allows carpet and furniture to dry quickly. From pet stains to odor removal to water damage cleaning and restoration, there's only one call you need to make. Garrett Clean by Bachelor, 810-982-7044. 44 Duraclean by Bachelor. Finding that missing shin guard, remembering whether it's a home or away game, getting the right kid to the right playing field on the right day. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. We work with independent agents who keep insurance simple so you can worry about more important things, like not being that fan. Oh, come on, ref. That's simple human sense. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, uh, before we get into the local (laughs) stuff, something happened last night in boys' high school basketball that Brady and I are trying to wrap our heads around. So, obviously, when you cover as much high school as we do, I mean, we pay attention to our areas, but we also look at scores from teams that are tangently related. So the other MAC teams, the, the other Thumb teams go out to Flint a little bit, teams that you could see later on or teams that uh, might be on the schedule. So we're going through, and Dennis, we were on the phone last night, and I just stopped and I said, holy expletive, did you see the Lance Cruz score? And you're like, no, I mean, why? What? What is it? It can't be that crazy. And Lance Cruz is a good team, don't get me wrong. They'll probably be in contention for whatever Mac they're in. I think they're in the, the, the gold or, or the, the uh, blue. They should be in contention for that. But last night, Lance Cruz beat Crockett Midtown who apparently was playing their first ever basketball game. Yeah, the, the state calls them something different. Can I, can I tell you yeah. what the state lists them? The state calls them Detroit, Benjamin Carson, Science, and Medicine. I know where that is. That is right in Midtown, right by Wayne State. Okay, so they beat them. Whoever Lance Cruz played beat them 121 to 30. Think about that, 121 
to 30. And now the reason this, why. This is a team that's already played St. Clair this year. Yes. They opened with a 56-39 win over the Saints. They scored 49 points in their second game and beat Lance Cruz North 49-47. So in their first two games, they scored, what, 105 points. <laughs> and then they scored 121. Now, a couple things I found interesting is uh, the reason we know this is because the Lance Cruz Athletic Department tweeted it out with the score and a highlight. That's fine. But what was a little curious is they took it down. Now, um, I know sometimes every few years you'll hear a story about a school getting in trouble because they'll win a game 110 to, like, two. And usually that happens in girls' basketball. Now, a few questions because I don't know all this information and I cannot pass judgment until I know the, the answers to the following questions. One, when did they start running time? Because at a bare minimum, it should have been at the start of the third quarter when it was already 72 to 13. That was the score at halftime, Dennis. <laughs> so you're telling me that 16 running minutes, like it ne- the clock should never stop after that point. So how do you score 49 points in the second half if you're not pressing, if you're not jacking up the first three you see? That's a question I have. Or did they just did no one ever tell them to go into running time? Well, uh, uh, they had to have gone into running time. I, I don't think there are high school officials doing games that don't know that rule and wouldn't enforce it. And even if you're not like, let's say they had a brand new crop of officials and they figured, all right, school with their first basketball game. A let's give some young guys even if you're not sure like maybe it's 40 maybe it's 50 it sure as hell is not anywhere near 90 (laughs) so how do you score 50 some points and a half that's 16 running minutes long I again like I'm just trying to 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 figure it all out um because number one uh like at at a certain point, you, I mean, I, I, I you get your backups in in the well, first you, half you, when you're yeah up, you, when you're you, up fifty when you're you up 71 you to you have emptied your bench early in this game. I I would hope you you've emptied your bench. Maybe they don't have a bench early in this game. It's Lance Cruz. You have to they've got to have at least at least. 10, 12 kids on that basketball team. You would think, and you, you put Enough them. that you can take your starting five guys out and say, okay, you had fun in the first right. quarter. You guys are done tonight. These Maybe guys are going to play, play the rest of the game. two minutes to start the third quarter and then say, all right, you're, you're, you're good. That's a lot of times what you see in football is they'll put the starters in for the first series of offense and the first series of defense, and then it's – Here's the water bottles. Get used to them for the rest yeah, of the game. And I, I know there are there are some guys that might go the first half because they want to reward their guys. It's an easy point night, and the guys play hard for you all season. So, okay, I'm, I'm going to let you go off and get 30 points here in the first half, and then you're not going to ever come off the bench right. again the rest of the game. And Lance Cruz had them dead 
buried their last rights red and in the ground by halftime. 72 to 13, there's no chance of a comeback. So, okay, let's say you play your guys for the first couple minutes. You have to have that talk at halftime and go, guys, run through the offense. I, uh, I don't know if we talked about this on the air or not, but you go five, five passes before a shot or run through the offense if it's a continuous like flex yeah. offense, run through it two, three times. No three-pointers. No three-pointers. No fast break. No pressing. Don't press. Exactly. And I just don't know how you get 50 points. Now, I understand uh, with the backups, hey, there might be kids that don't play more than a minute a game, and this is a chance for them to play 16 minutes of basketball, and you don't want them to just dribble for 16 minutes, which is fine, but you still can do it tactfully where you, like I said, you have to pass it so many times, only open layups. And, Dennis, the one thing you said is, well, what if the other team couldn't just get the ball down the floor? And that's possible, but if it's in running time, Dennis, I throw a ball out of bounds, it takes 15 seconds to go get the ball, hand it to the official, give it back, and inbound it. And if you do that enough, the running clock's going to take care of the rest. So I'm just uh, so they scored 49 points in, in what we think would be running time. Uh, and that's and if they that's, yeah, that's didn't start minimal, running time minimal. in the first half. Because at 75-13, I'm pretty sure you could have gotten the other team's coach to go, you know, let's run the clock. And free throws take even more off. Dennis, let's compare this to a game you did earlier this year. Crosslex handled Marysville's boys pretty handily, right? What was the halftime score of that one? Uh, let me look real quick. You have your handy-dandy book right handy there. handy-dandy book so let's, right here. let's compare. This one was 72 to 13 at halftime. That game So at was halftime it was 46 to 6. 46 to 6. And the final score was what? 59 to 8. They outscored them 13 to 2 in the second so half. So they called off the dogs pretty heavily and a lot of bench guys played a lot of minutes in that second half, did yep. they? Yeah, they everybody played. Could could a Crosslex have made it worse and tried to embarrass Marysville if they wanted to? Oh, sure. They they could have scored a lot of points. And no one across the state really saw anything but the eight because Croslex could have scored a lot more. How do you get to 121? Now, I understand if you win a game 120 to like 84 and it's just two teams that are running gun and you're getting a shot every six seconds, that I get. But there had to be a little bit of tomfoolery in this game. Well, I mean, I, again, I'm trying to like figure this all out. Because the other team had 30 points. So they weren't incompetent. So uh, so the second half, which would have been running time, would have been 49 to 17. Did the other team just try and cherry pick and sit on the other side of half court and give Lance Cruz no other recourse but to just shoot a layup? I mean, yeah, I... I, I <laughs> I don't know how this happens. Or somebody on the Lance Cruz team who doesn't play got into the game and had the time of his life and scored 25 points. But that in, that would require jacking up threes and like I, I said, you can do you can get your bench players minutes tastefully. Like it it's I I guess it's different cuz Karan plays on 
Yeah, Karan right. Williams, if you're unaware, he actually scored his thousandth point in high school in that game. He's going to Grand Valley. He's a hell of a basketball player. I've seen him play a couple times. Yeah. He's a treat to watch. He should not have been on the floor in the second no, half. No, and, and again, we don't have stats for this game, but he, he could have had 50. I like they could have just been like, okay, we're going for the school record tonight for Karan, and they could have kept feeding him. I don't know. You could have had that by the third quarter. Yeah, at that point um, you have eighty points. And but then- it's so, so to me, it, it's different if he's out there in the second half, dunking and scoring points, than if I'm out there in the second <laughs> half and I've scored two points in three years on varsity, and I get eighteen to twenty points, and you know, have a game. I, I, I can Matt Shook it and talk about how I got 19 on Hazel Park in a JV, <laughs> JV game. game. I'm glad you remembered that. But we had a situation similar to this um, in softball. If yeah, you, I was if, trying to find that score. I couldn't find it. But if you were um, unaware of uh, – if you don't listen to us during the spring, if you're a basketball or football person but not spring sports, last year Ishpeming Westwood – Beat, I believe it was Big Bay Dinock, something like 70 to nothing. It was like 57. Set. It was more than 50 to nothing in three innings. I remember that. And our conversation was, how does it get to that point? Like, how, how does it get to that point? And with this. Because there are, there are ways, and I've seen teams do it. Um, where in in softball you can leave the base too early and get called out. Right. If the other team can't throw a strike or can't make Swing a play, you can make outs in softball and let that team off the hook. And the one other game I want to bring up: last year, St. Clair was missing some players when they went to SC four and played Lake Fenton. Dennis, what was the final score of that one? Like seventy-five to nineteen or something? Yeah. And what did? Lake Fenton do the no. Last. It was it was worse that they had eighty. It was eighty one or eighty two to eighteen. Okay, point still stands. What did they do the last three to four minutes of the game? Stood out top and dribbled and threw the ball around. And they didn't take did shots. not. Saint Clair did not touch the ball for the final three to four minutes because they ran the ball out. You know what? If you want to get to a hundred, fine. But a hundred and twenty one. I want to see the film on this. And again, I'm not going to pass judgment until I see what happens. All I'm saying is in high school basketball with the running clock, there's n- unless there is some history between the coaches or between people we don't some some drama we don't know about, you shouldn't win 121 to 30. Yeah, no. Oh, I wish I could find the score of that softball game because it was it was a ridiculous total. They scored thirty something runs in the first inning. I think it was. Yeah, it, it might was, have even been more. It was something ridiculous to where when we told all our other uh, coaches, they're like, "Yeah, I would have gotten into a fight or I would have just left the field." So that was just something with this that I we had to talk about because. Not only do you never see 100 points in a high school basketball game, in regulation, you never see 121 and win by 91 points. Yeah, I okay, so I've been doing this for three decades. Yeah. I have never seen, and I've seen some good teams um, and covered some really good teams, I've never seen 100 points scored in a high school game by a team. Uh, uh, the most I ever saw was in the 90s. 
and that was a one-time isolated situation where the score was like 94 to 47 or something. And that's the only time I've ever seen a team get that many points in a game. One time, like 20 years ago. And for the record, um, if for those who are curious, the record for points in a game will never, ever, 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 ever be touched. And this was in regulation. On February 17th of 1989, and you're going to have to help me with the name again, Dennis, Glenn Arbor, Arbor Lilanu? Lewinaw. Lewinaw scored 171 over free soil and won 171 to 94. So the other team was scoring too. So it was just a total up and down, no defense, run and gun game. Um, and that was probably too, bef- we, we figured it out, that that was probably before running time was Had a thing in been. high school basketball. Had to have been. Um, the, the other ones on the list, 155 Trout Creek did in in uh, 1966, uh, Detroit All Saints in 1962 scored 151. To get on the list of most points in a game, you have to score 130. Wow. And no one's done anything close since 1990 when Muskegon beat Muskegon Reese Puffer 130 to 89. Yeah, and again, 89 is a lot of points in a basketball game. So again, I can see there, you're having a track meet. Yeah. And one team's got a couple more track stars than the other. But the one side scored, and the one side sacrificing defense for yeah. offense. But you still score. You gave up 89 points, not 30. And those are two teams that are just running up and down the court trading baskets as, as opposed to, I mean, they could have been running up and down the court last night, but clearly um, Crockett wasn't scoring. Yeah, so real or whatever quick, called. before we get to the <laughs> – the other uh, the local games. The, um, and you talked about the post that went down because there were some responses about sportsmanship and winning a game by 91 yeah. points, and I'm pretty sure that's probably why they took that down. Yeah. Because they didn't, they didn't want to take that heat. Because that's my whole thing with the thing is, besides how the hell do you do it, yeah. it's why do you do it? Yeah. There's, okay. If it happened in a game between, I don't know, two rivals, like if Midland and Midland Dow had a game like this for whatever reason, I get it. If, Dennis, you talk about Millington back in the day when you were out there, someone did it to Millington or did it to, or they did it to someone else, you understand, but against a no-name school? Yeah. And, I, I mean, I, do, I don't know the coach – at Lance Cruz, but I've never heard anybody say, "Oh man, that guy at Lance Cruz is an idiot." No, I've he never runs had it any... up, and we don't like him. No, never man. heard anybody say anything like that. No. By the way, just real quick, because I thought this was neat. The second uh, uh, most points in a game between two teams was actually between Caseville and Kindy North Huron. Really? In 1973, Caseville beat North Huron 128 to 112. Wow. Yeah, they had some athletes in Caseville in the I 70s. I guess. Oh, uh, anyway. They'd like to score 128 nowadays in a season. <laughs> okay, before you get too mean. <laughs> I'm not being mean. We had some sports going on in the area the last two days. You, let's start with hockey because you were there on Monday. Yeah, I was there on uh, Monday. Um, 
Good game at the uh, end of the first period. Gross Point North was leading PH one to nothing. Again, uh, PH they've got eleven kids, ten skaters, a goalie, um, and and they actually played a solid period. Gross Point North the last few years it's been a struggle for them. Um, they were they came into this game one and seven, um, and with a win because they did end up winning this game seven to one. They have already matched their win total for the last two years combined. That's, so they're two and seven now. They went one and twenty-four last year and one and sixteen the year before. So they they were basically three and forty-seven in their last fifty games, and they beat the Big Reds seven to one. The big period was the second period, and it was really two shifts in the second period that decided the game. First shift of the second period, they scored. Two goals a minute and three seconds apart to go up three to nothing. Then there was nothing for ten minutes, and then they scored two goals fifty-four seconds apart, and it was suddenly a five to nothing game. And really, the Big Reds had had two bad shifts in the whole hockey game. Um, they, uh, Gavin DeLong got a goal for them on the power play late in the second to make it five to one. Third period, a kid named Leo Dragovich. So Gross Point North has got two guys that are good players. One is Potter, and he was not a very popular guy in this game. <laughs> um, the, the I don't know if he was chirping or what he was doing, but when you're four and forty-seven in your last fifty-one games, you really shouldn't. I don't care how big a lead you have, you shouldn't be chirping at anybody. You should just be happy that for the first time in a thousand years, you've got two wins in a season. Um, that's all I'll say about that. But my feeling is, is he must have been mouthing off because the Big Reds were after him in the third period. Um, but at any rate, the other kid is Leo Dragovich. Dragovich is the shooter. Potter's the guy that sets him up. And Dragovich had a, a hat trick in the game, and it's the second game in a row he's had a hat trick. Um, he's had a pretty good run. Yeah, he, he's got he, he's got 13 goals on the season, so pretty much – he scores their goals, or Potter scores their uh, goals, and and that's how they win. But it, it was a, an interesting game, and, and I thought, I, I, again, if you know anything about Big Red Hockey, this is what I'll say for them. They play hard. They do not pout. Um, they are trying their best on every shift, and they hit everything in sight. Um, they got a, a couple of guys on that team that are heat-seeking missiles. Um, Joey Gilbert finishes every check, or I don't know. I, I, I If he didn't hit somebody on a shift, I think he'd go back to the bench and quit. Uh, he, he, uh, and the other kid is uh, Jordan Ben. Jordan Ben has thrown two of the biggest hits Maybe I've ever seen in high school hockey games this season. The uh, he uh, he just lines guys and it's clean, it's clean because I I'd tell you if I didn't like them. Um, but anyways, uh, the the big reds aren't going to win games this year. It's not going to happen for them. But it's not because they don't try. It's just because they don't have enough people and the people they have aren't really experienced at playing hockey. But I give them credit for coming out so that the program can keep going because you know how tough it is. You miss a season. We talked about it with Algonac football. It's hard to get it going again. It's hard to get interest. It's hard to bring people back 
into the program. So, yeah, it, it stinks that every few years they have a season like this where they don't have a lot of kids. But you look at the years before this, and they had some pretty good teams because the kids stuck it out in the lean years, right. played hard, and then the numbers got better and the team got better. Absolutely. So hopefully they can I- increase the numbers. Going. And I give uh, I give Ben Pionk a lot of credit too because he's probably the longest tenured coach in any sport in our area other than Aldemont. Yeah, I mean it's, he's, he's he's been there all all through this, um, and he gets those kids to play hard. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Other scores in other sports on Monday. Just two girls scores. Brown City beats Mooney 39-13. Mooney struggling still in girls basketball. Marlette gets a close win over Unionville Seabowing 44-41. Three BWAC scores in boys basketball. We'll start with Armada. They get a 56-33 win over Peck. They took the night off offensively, huh? Well, but they're 3-0. and now to start the uh, the season, and yeah, this was actually their lowest scoring game of the year, fifty six. And I bring this up because um, Thursday night they play Crosslex. Yeah, and by the game's the way, in Armada. Uh, Justin Chapman had fifteen, Preston Hill had ten, Camden Con had nine, and Andrew Sneezak had eight in the win for Armada. So uh, and and Sneezak's probably their most dangerous scorer. Didn't have to score. They played lockdown defense. So in three games, they've scored, what, 56, 72, and 79 points. Croslex is a team known for their defense, and we'll talk about them in the next segment. But, Dennis, on Thursday, you're going to get to see an interesting matchup. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, uh, don't know what's going to happen. Um, wouldn't be surprised with a number of scenarios. But I'm intrigued. I want to see Armada. A few years ago, they had a team that any other year, Brady, and, and, and you've said this multiple times, any other year they would have been the talk of the area. But that was a year where Crosslex had Soper and Johnson, and nobody could beat them. They had, yeah, Armada had a great team, and Crosslex had a generationally great team. Yeah. And, and they're still carrying that momentum in, and Armada in a lot of sports, is probably tired of cross lex and would it would probably feel really good to beat the Pioneers in either football or boys basketball, and they'll have a chance at home early in the season. Uh, MLA City, we talked about it, doesn't back down from a test. They drop another one to Detroit Douglas, 65-57, but the Spartans are going to make sure they're battle-tested going into the BWAC schedule. Because... They play Crosslex twice, so they're playing teams at that level yep, right now they play to prepare they, themselves. They play Richmond. They play Armada. They want to be ready because Don Gothier knows, who cares what my regular season record is? If you get a district title, hey, banners fly forever. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Bohund is playing really well for them and mm-hmm. scoring. Um, and actually, they, they have multiple guys who on any night can – can go off and be the leading scorer on that team. And Ortonville-Brandon beats Almont 57-39 to wrap up. The Monday slate of games didn't have a lot, but Dennis, we'll get we'll, we'll sink our teeth into Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday it was a little bit uh, busier, especially in uh, girls' uh, basketball uh, where there were some uh, interesting uh, results uh, as uh, well. You saw a boys' game last night. We'll get into uh, all of that in just a moment here as we uh, continue the podcast.
and we'll still try to figure out how they got 121 points. Get ready for outdoor fun at Alpine Cycles in downtown Port Huron. Skateboards, bikes, longboards, and accessories. They have everything you need to enjoy the warm weather. Alpine Cycles offers the best selection, and they're always getting new daily arrivals. Stop by Alpine Cycles today at 762 Huron Avenue at the corner of Huron and Glenwood, or call 982-9281. Open Monday from 10 until 6, Friday and Sunday, noon to 4. When you run with us on a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention, the herd takes notice, and the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800 250-7520. What passions do you want to pursue next in life? Do you want to be a sculptor, a volunteer, teach your grandkids to fish? Your Ameriprise financial advisor, Dave Betts, can help you plan for the life you want today and well into the future. With the right financial advisor, life can be brilliant. Call Dave Betts at 810-987-5370. Office is located at 527 Huron Avenue, Port Huron, Michigan. Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc., Member FINRA and SIPC. Mattress King has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years. With locations in Port Huron, Richmond, Lapeer, Chesterfield, and Hall Road, they are the best one-stop shop for your sleeping and mattress needs. Mattress King carries all the top brands such as Serta, Stearns & Foster, Sealy, iComfort, and Tempur-Pedic. Not only do they have the best prices and best service in the area backed by hundreds of five-star reviews, they also offer interest-free financing and no-credit check programs for those with less than stellar credit. Once you get your mattress, they offer free local delivery on all purchases $6.99 and up. When you think sleep, think Mattress King. Are you getting out of a lease or ready to trade in your vehicle? Stop by Jepson Car Company and we'll be here to assist you. We are constantly buying out lease vehicles and almost always putting money into your pocket. No matter what you owe, we can help. If you don't see your perfect vehicle in our lot, we will help you find it. Our purchasing team has decades of experience to help find the vehicle that is best for you. Call Jepson today at 810-662-3048 or stop by at 5277 Gratiot Avenue in St. Clair. This is Nash Phillips. I'm a class of 2022 senior and varsity football player at Port Huron High. As a Port Huron School student, I get to experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region. The district provides personal success for all students because each Port Huron School's journey is unique and special. I know I'm supported by my teachers and everyone in the district, both in the classroom and on the football field. I also know they care about my well-being each and every day. Port Huron Schools have prepared me for anything I choose to do with my future. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. 
All right, welcome back, uh, Dennis and Brady. Tri County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports uh, podcast. So um, I was intrigued last night. Marysville, Marine City was the basketball game. I was really interested to see how this one played out. Marine City was two and one on the uh, season. Um, we're scoring a lot in their first couple of games. Then they ran into Fitzgerald, who, by the way, won again last night. So Fitz is still undefeated. And they yeah. blew out whoever they were New playing. Haven. Yeah, but they so, blew them. They, so they New Haven's them. not a, a great team, but that's another win for Fitz. So I, I just want to know what happened <laughs> and who Fitz got or if they just had a crop of freshmen because that seems to be the hotness nowadays is yeah. freshmen contributing. Absolutely. And Marysville's 1-2 and two on the year. They, they had the loss at North Branch where they gave up 52 points, lost 52-35. Then they came home and completely shut down Port Huron Northern, who hasn't been shut down by anybody else. But Marysville beat them 47-10. Then they went to St. Clair, and it was a it was a great ball game. You saw this one, but they lost 45-43. So they were 1 and 2 coming and on into the this road, one. They had been giving up a lot of points, 45 and 52, very un Marysville-esque. Yeah, so almost 50 points a game. But there's something about that, Jim, in Marysville, I guess. No, I'm telling you, Dennis, there is. Teams do not score well at Marysville. And Marysville had a lot to do with it last night. Okay, so one of my favorite players is Avery Walters. And she had 17 points last night. Nobody else came close. Nobody else got into double figures. Olivia Volkman hit three three-pointers for Marine City and had nine points. That was the next highest score in the game. So you say, well, Walters was your player of the game, right, Stuck? Mm-hmm. Not even close. And it's not because Walters had a fraudulent 17 or no. anything like that. She no. played really well. She played really well. But Megan Winston, her defense last night, was stupid good. Like uh, she and she had 8 points too. So she contributed some offense, but I I I don't know if they keep track of steals, but I want to know how many steals she had last night cuz it had to be more than 10. Had to be. It seemed like every time down the floor, she was getting her hand on the ball. She was causing a tie-up. She was knocking the ball loose. She was deflecting a pass out of bounds. She was getting in somebody's way. Um, She was stripping the ball away. Uh, I kept going, there's another turnover. Winston's got the ball all night long. She's a bulldog. All night long. She's a bulldog. And, And the other players... Follow that up. Addison Minesburg, I thought, was terrific last night for Marysville. Um, Ava Grant was unlucky. Ava Grant probably should have scored 10, 12 points. She flies around the court, too. She had two, and she had, uh, like, four shots that were halfway down and then popped back out. You know, one, one of those nights. Nobody could make a free throw. Marine City really struggled at the line. Had they made half their free throws – they would have had a chance at the end to to win this basketball game, I think. Um, and and the testament to the great Marysville defense, they were not going to let Jade Blanchard beat them last night. Jade Blanchard made one free throw through the first 30, let me see, what do we play, eight minutes of 16, through the first 31 and a half minutes of the game. She had one point, and then she got a basket in the last minute and finished with three points. Really? Yeah. 
Well, that makes a difference, doesn't it? That makes that makes a huge difference because we know how good Jade is. But Marysville said she's not going to beat us, and every time the ball went to her, they were in her face. Oh, by the way, I just found out Winston ended up officially with seven steals last night. Oh, it was more than that. That's still <laughs> seven. Still a lot of steals. Like if you get three steals in a night, people go, "Oh, you had a really good game defensively," but. That's it. Okay, so it was seven steals that felt like 21. <laughs> it really did. It really did. Like, that game alone, she she's on my all-defense team. <laughs> that, that she was... might be defensive player of the year because I'll, I'll never get that out of my mind, how she was all over the ball last night. Well, uh, I, again, I think you, we just were talking about the bigger thing is you shut down Jade Blanchard. Because she can be a problem, and she can take over games. She did not take over this game. And you hold her to three points, that's great defensively. And no one for Marine City scores more than nine. You hold Deetland to eight. And Marysville, when they play that suffocating defense, they don't need to have great offensive performances. And they get a very nice win to get them back on track. Now... The next step for this Marysville team, go on the road and get a quality win. Yeah. Because you've had two chances. You came up short both times. Now go do it on the road because, Dennis, you're right. When when either the boys or the girls, whenever they have good teams, there's something about that gym, and it's not a weird gym. It's a very standard gym. It's a nice well gym. Well lit. Yes. It's, it's not like Lakeview where you go in there and it's a dungeon. It's a well-lit, nice gym. There's no weird backdrop. It's not like they have to wheel the, the hoops in. Teams can't shoot there. It was the same when I was there, and it's the same now, that teams struggle to shoot. Talk to anyone from Port Huron. They'll tell you, yeah, that struggles to shoot there. For whatever reason, teams can't shoot at Marysville, and it always seems like the defensive numbers are better at home than on the road. But, uh, they, they were good last night. Uh, I'm, the whole team was good on the defensive side of the the ball um and they were early on they were down uh, they were down 10-6 late in the first quarter and then they finished the half on a 19 to 8 run and they were up 25-18 at halftime despite the fact Brady that they had 10 fouls and Marine City had two in the game in the game Marine City got whistled for 3 fouls and you said it wasn't super like scrappy it was just it was more cleanly but played, I mean, and they let a lot of the, the, I, I, in the 50 in the, 50 stuff in the second half i think they put the whistles away uh and i also had a unique uh situation late in the first half um i think it's the first time i, I i've seen this before but you, you know how uh mary still likes to change out players we call them hockey changes yeah they go five in five out yeah well that's the whole team uh, for 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 a 20 or 30 second stretch they had too many men on the ice <laughs> <laughs> but they got away with it they for got, a little bit. they got away with it they pulled the goalie and they scored a basket with six players out on the court and then as they were coming back on defense the the officials like there's too many white jerseys out here and they stopped and mary still got a t for they call it illegal substitution. Right. But it was basically they had. But it was so funny because Jeff, obviously Jeff Austin was upset. Um, despite Did he know the, the whole time? The, I, no, you know, I, when they called it, 
he figured it out like the rest of us. Yeah. Because even I'm calling the play-by-play, and I didn't figure it out until they, they stopped it, and I said, he's giving him a T. It's like, oh, I, and I saw a Marysville kid running towards the bench. So I'm like, oh, they got too many players out there. They, they were playing with six. And they scored the basket, and I'm like, well, I, do they take the basket away? They're, they're giving them two free throws and the ball on the technical, but can they go back and take the basket away? And they didn't, and it was it was funny because the gym was quiet. Everybody's trying to figure out what's going on, and you could hear Jeff go, well, do I get to have this possession with six? They had a possession with six. Can I have a possession with six? And I completely- and, and I'm – and I'm like, you know, I know you're mad, Jeff, but but don't take a tech yourself. <laughs> I completely understand why he's upset, but the officials did it the right way because you technically can't assume when they got the sixth player out there. So they caught it, and when they catch it, that's when the foul occurs. And Marysville got away with one. I mean, that's just... They got away with one. And, uh, it wasn't intentional. They weren't intentionally trying to sneak an extra player on the court. It's just one of those things that happened. Two girls. A bunch of kids checked in, and, and one kid forgot to check out or yeah. didn't realize she was out of the game. Two of them went in for one, and no one told the <laughs> other one, or she didn't hear someone tell them to get out. So Marysville gets the win. Some BWAC scores. Croslex beats Algonac 41-19. That's a nice BWAC win for Croslex. Yale beats Richmond 36-21. North Branch beats Almont 36-25. But the one I was most intrigued about is the score I think I'm the most surprised about. MLA City takes it to Armada 66-37 and really is trying to fend off everyone for their crown and does so in kind of impressive fashion at Armada. I'm still taking the stance that they're, I mean... Again, the, the 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 streak that they're on for wins, the way they've dominated. I know Mary's not there anymore, but they're still the champs. And until somebody beats them and knocks them off the throne, I'm going to still call them the best team in the league. And the thing with MLA City is if, I mentioned this after the Marion game, if you're not ready for their press and you don't have someone that can calmly break a press – it can get away, and I have to imagine losing by 29, that's what happened to Armada is they had an opportunity, and they just couldn't quite get it, and they it snowballed trying to break that press. And, and, and I also, MLA City's got some, some shooters that when they get hot, yes. and, and I, if they scored 66, I'm guessing two things. They got some layups from the pressure, but they were probably also shooting the three last night. Yeah, you don't get to 66 by uh, being one-dimensional. Uh, Sandusky bounces back after a couple of close losses. They get win number 795 for Aldemont, 35-30 over Bad Axe. He is now two away from tying, three away from the record, and... Five away from 800, 800. which is just a ridiculous number of wins. We are going to be the Aldemont Radio Network for the next month or so. <laughs> Vassar beats Memphis 38-19 in girls basketball. Regina 33, Anchor Bay 25. And Fitzgerald, as we mentioned earlier, with a 59-20 win over. They're 5-0. and oh. They had won five you, games in the last three seasons. Yeah, I was going to say it, it was at least three years to try to find five wins for them, at least. Absolutely. Um, all right, boys basketball. I went out to Yale because I was interested in seeing – 
what Yale is and what Marine City has. And Marine City had a lot of turnover. But they were scoring points through the first two games. I'll be honest, last night is what I feared Marine City could be on a tough night. They lose to Yale 51-31. Yale, very balanced scoring. Connor Jakubiak with 11. Logan Vincent with 9. Uh, Joshua Craig with 9. And the only one who scored for Marine City, Josh Vandeviver with 13. By the way, there's a second Vandeviver and they both start. And it's hard to get those that name out yeah. quickly when you have to go Josh Vandeviver, it's, Daniel Vandeviver, it's just gonna Josh be, Vandeviver. It's just going to be Josh V and Daniel V from, from here on out. <laughs> but Josh Vandeviver <laughs> actually led all scores with 13. He hit three threes. He would have hit a fourth if his he had a smaller shoe size because his last shot was on the line. But he was the only one who scored. He had 13 out of the 31 points. The next highest scorer, Anthony Rafino, had seven. After that, no one had more than four for Marine City. They struggled to find offense, and they possessed the ball for a lot of the game. It was almost like they wanted to slow it down. They were patient running through their offense. They just couldn't find scoring. And Yale, I could tell Yale wasn't – I don't think it was Yale's best effort – and I think maybe the kids knew they didn't need their best effort, and they still won by 20. They took care of business. By the way, freshman, again, another freshman contributing. Jackson Kohler had six for Yale, and he handled the rock a lot. Good up lineage. Top. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, he, I mean, there's another young kid that is going to be a problem around. He started, he handles the ball, and there's a lot of seniors on this Yale team to really – aid the ship going forward because Jakubiak had 11, um, like I mentioned, and he's a very nice player. If either side could have hit free throws, we would have had 15 more points in this yeah. game. Uh, free throws have been a problem for a lot of people uh, this year. Um, thoughts on Rafino because uh, an area coach that we both respect told me he thought Rafino was going to be a really good player and that he might be Marine City's best player this year. He's a He was nice. You can tell he's athletic. It's just... There's not a ton around him, and you can tell there's athleticism there. I don't know how much of a pure basketball player he is, but he's definitely always going to be one of the best athletes on the floor. So I, I do like Anthony Rafino, and if and if most teams could find a spot for him to play, he might not start or or get huge minutes, but he definitely would find a role on any team. Uh, you want to talk about the big win or the close loss next? Well, let's talk about St. Clair next. Okay. Because uh, I believe the text you got was that we're right there. Like yes. It, we're, like they, they, they feel like they're a good basketball team and that they've competed with other good basketball teams this real, year. Real quick, um, getting my sources, uh, they also had Megan Winston for 14 deflections along with Yeah, that's sets. why it felt like she yes. had – 20 steals last night. So she had about 20 tip passes in some form or another. All right. But, uh, yeah, uh, Coach Distelrath texts me after the game. He goes, we were right there with a chance to, to knock off a good New Haven team. They led after the first quarter 20-15, to 15, and it was tied at going into the third 38-38. They just couldn't quite get enough. But, Dennis, this is promising. France had 12 to lead their scorers. Uh, a young guy, 
doing doing good things against a really talented Mac White New Haven team. Essien had nine. I'm going to assume three threes. Probably. Or at least he's really been shooting or three at least well. Two threes because he is a shooter. So those are their top two scores. They end up dropping to New Haven, 49-42, with a few fouls at the end, but. St. Clair's close. They might be better than we expected again. Like Emily City, Mary's not there for St. Clair. Eli's not there. But St. Clair, I think, is a good chance in the silver. Lakeview's the favorite, but St. Clair and PH, I think, will be right there. Well, they, they've got um, balance because they've got a good post presence so they can go inside um, and they uh, and they protect their own basket with, with those big guys. They also have the outside shooting uh, with Essien being hot. And you know what? They lost Eli Lore. And and Franz is a different player than Eli Lore, but he's just as good. Yeah. He, like, you know, Lore was bigger. Lore got rebounds. Uh, he was a 6'5 point guard. But Franz will score like Lore scored, and he makes the other – he finds the open guy and makes other guys around him better. So St. Clair has a tough stretch coming up. We talked about it. They'll have Anchor Bay, I believe, on Friday. Uh, that should be a nice measuring stick for them. Dennis, if you were worried about Crosslex, I wasn't. I'm just saying, <laughs> let me go through my hypothetical and set it up. Damn it, I'm trying to do decent radio. You, you, um, you can't hypothetical me, though. you got to hypothetical somebody fine. else. If Johnny <laughs> was worried about Crosslex, Okay, Johnny after, is a warrior. After losing to Gross Point North by a buzzer beater, don't be. They went down to Detroit Prep, U Prep, uh, our friends back from football who played Richmond and Emily City. Mm -hmm. And actually, that was science and math, but anyway, I digress. Anyway, Cross Lex was playing a team that the D Zone had as a top 25 team, regardless of division. So, one of the, a state title contender, they go down there and beat them 63 55. That's a hell of a win for Crosslex and a nice bounce back and a nice start to, well, I should say a nice bounce back in the middle of a tough stretch going to Gross Point North, going to U-Prep because now. Going to Armada next and then hosting it's Northern. It's kind of funny. The big conference matchup might almost have the role as trap game because you'll beat U-Prep on the road. You have Northern on Saturday, which anyone who cares about high school basketball should be at. But in the middle, you're going to Armada, a team that I guarantee you has had Crosslex circled with red marker saying, we have to beat the Pioneers. But that is a win that will impress people, not just in the area, but around the state for Crosslex. Uh, again, it's they lose guys. Like, you think about the names – that they have lost just over the last two seasons. Okay, Soper and Johnson might be 1-2 all-time at that school. I think they're 1-3 in scoring. Yeah, I, I, I mean, you, you, you could make the argument that those are the two best players that ever played at that school, and they lost them at the same time. And then Townsend and Slanik, sensational for them last mm -hmm. year. Townsend was out of his mind. Um, and those two kids graduate – they just keep reloading. They just keep finding kids. Now Mitch Geiger knocks down three-pointers for them. The night I saw them, Gretsch didn't even have to take a shot. Right. But we know he can score. We know what Trey Kolakovich does. 
Donovan McDonald, McDonald is becoming um, a, a, a great post player for them. They just keep reloading. Yeah, and it's 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 one of the more impressive that Krampitz runs. kid can score. Yeah, and they do it with kids that you go back when some of these kids were sophomores. Donovan McDonald didn't see a lot of playing time, but they had a plan and developed him into what he is now. Kretsch didn't play a lot his sophomore year, but they had a plan for him and they worked into what he is now. Dennis, I think you're hard pressed to find a four-year run because it started in the 1920 season when they went 19 and one in the regular season. Find me a four-year run of a program that is comparable to this Croslax team in, a, in the, the teams we cover. No, not in this area. It it doesn't you, happen. You would have to go back a long time, like excluding New Haven when right. they they had uh, Weems and Williams and were ridiculous. Um, but like you know, for years St. Clair really strong, but not like this. They would go sixteen and four, but they would lose a regional or a district final. They were good, but they were a step below. Richmond will have really good teams, but. They like they had a twenty and zero season, I think, in eighteen nineteen, I believe. And but they go up and down. They have mm-hmm. ebbs and flows. They it's high school basketball. It's not a bad thing. MLA City will have a couple stretches where they have when they had Van Dyke out there, and yep. it, they had some players. They were uh, incredible. Marysville's had runs, but nothing like this. I'm hoping we're seeing the start of it with Northern, but <laughs> right now with Cross Lex. Their run right now is unmatched. A couple. I, I I wish Tyler Jamison and Alex Jamison were twins and they were the same age and they were both freshmen. Yeah, and we you, could get four years with those four players together. Oh, that would that wouldn't be fair. <laughs> um, couple other boys scores: Brown City downs Kingston fifty four forty seven, Chippewa Valley fifty seven, Anchor Bay fifty two. Speaking of the Tars, they won in hockey six to three over. Utica, Utica. Uh, a Utica team that has kind of been a pain yeah. in games to to teams this year, and, and Anchor Bay doubled them up. So, and if you looked at, if you tried to use the transitive property with what they did to Marysville, you go, oh, they'll beat Anchor Bay. Not so fast. Yeah. Anchor by, Bay oh, by, nice by the way, Marysville Anchor Bay is no. That was hot. Northern's playing Anchor Bay uh, tomorrow night, right? And Marysville's playing PH tomorrow night. Hockey that we're not covering, but I wanted to mention those games are out there. Um, so that's it for the scores. But, Dennis, over the past week or so, we haven't mentioned it. Um, one more recent than the other. We've had two kind of major football coaching changes. Joe Cannell retiring at Cardinal Mooney. And you have Jeremy Furman from North Branch is now going to Flint Kersley. So two programs that have starting to make habits of the playoffs that haven't had a lot of success. Looking for new headmen. Yeah, so we'll talk about that when we come back. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no-obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810-364-877. For all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. 
Brady Beaton here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Marysville. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County has been serving the community for over 30 years. Located at 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, overhead doors are the premier choice for durability, serviceability, and hassle-free performance for commercial and industrial doors. Overhead Doors boasts a complete selection of performance and safety-tested commercial and industrial upward-acting doors and manufacture a wide array of styles to meet your needs. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County, 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, call 810 we welcome you to make Port Huron Schools your district of choice. Your child will experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region at Port Huron Schools. We specialize in providing personalized success for all students because each Port Huron Schools journey is unique and special. This year, more than ever, we truly appreciate our families and would like to thank them for their continued support. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. Kaywood Auto has been serving the Blue Water area for over 100 years. They have the area's best selection of pickups and SUVs. And now Kaywood Auto is offering corrosion-free rust proofing. Call 987-3030. That's 987-3030 to make an appointment. Voted 2021 Best of the Best and President's Award winner plus 2022 Dealer of the Year, Kaywood Auto is open Saturdays 9 until 2. Visit www.kaywoodauto to make an appointment. Kaywood Auto has been serving the Blue Water area for over 100 years. Hello, this is Tim Sheridan, owner of Sheridan Real Estate and Insurance in Lexington, a family tradition that started back in 1925 with Grandpa Sheridan. Promoting trust, care, and excellence, Sheridan is dedicated to understanding and taking care of all your needs. Respected throughout the community and dedicated, Sheridan is a proud supporter of local activities like high school athletics. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, you're back with uh, Dennis and uh, Brady. Um, let's start at Cardinal Mooney and let's start with Joe Cannell. Okay. Um, who uh, is uh, retiring now after being a football coach for a thousand years. Forty plus years. I yeah. think he started in the early 80s. Uh, he's a lot of places, but he used to talk about Gallagher a lot. He was at Shrine for a long time. And he, he's been at uh, Mooney now for, I think, the past five years. Yes. And it, the first year there, the Mooney program was kind of in shambles. They had one win, and it was a forfeit the last game of the season. They were still recovering from coming back from eight-man football. Yeah. Um, and then the next year... They went four and five. Then during the COVID year, two and four record, but they they played well. Uh, and I know everybody made the well, playoffs. And one but, was a forfeit to Cabrini. They yeah, probably win that game if it's played. Uh, yeah, because and I think they had a game canceled the week before. It it was a weird kind of season for them. And the last two years, though, 
They found it. They put it together. 15 wins. They went 15 and 6. They won a playoff game um, for the first time since 2011, but the first time in 11 man football since 2005. Mm-hmm. And there haven't been a ton of playoff games there. Their, their most consistent run in recent history was when they were an eight-man team. They made the playoffs two out of the three years they played eight-man football. And this was the first time uh, they've had back-to-back winning seasons since 05-06. So Joe Cannell has had this at a program that it hadn't been at in almost 20 years. And I, we always like talking to Coach Cannell, always very nice with us. Um I'm sure he'll end up as just an assistant somewhere where it's not as taxing and is not as uh, uh, time-consuming. But uh, we, we wish him the best, and we, we hope whoever takes over Cardinal Mooney. Now, this is going to be the interesting part because sometimes you don't know, Dennis. Sometimes jobs will get three applicants. Sometimes they'll get 15, 20, 30 applicants. And I don't know who's interested in this job, how how uh, Kevin Mond, their AD, wants to go about this. But it won't be – I mean, you're, you're not going to have Brendan Hazen leader. He won't be there. But you're still going to have a pretty good crop of kids coming back. And this is a chance to take over a program and sustain success, something that this program hadn't seen since, well, I mean, you'd have to go back to the 90s for – continuous sustained yeah. success well what, I, what i'm hoping for because one of the things that they've gotten done in recent years is kids are interested in it and right. they've been coming out and they have bigger numbers than they've, they've had in, in quite a while just to put things in perspective because you'll go uh, his overall record is 22 and 23 and you go well that's not a great record consider this so that's 45 games the 45 games prior they were 12 and 33 and that does that that include some eight man, doesn't it? Uh, no, that's well, that's, that's all eleven man uh, football. Okay, except for one C, I guess the first, they were two and seven their last year, eight man. So if you take that out, make it zero and nine in their last forty five, uh, eleven man games. Yeah, but uh, the, they've just been improving, 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 and now a force won a league title, went to the prep bowl this year. It seemed like uh, every couple of weeks we were going, Mooney's doing something that they haven't done since blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, you know, they. I think they had three shutouts. No, they had four shutouts this year, and they had never done that before. Right. They, are, they, are, they were an exceptional team this year, and I'm going to be keeping an eye on who takes over the Cardinals because I think they. it's not a job where if you apply to it, someone goes, Dude, why are you taking that job? Like it might have been when Joe Cannell took it over. So I, I'm sure there were people that went, dude, why are you taking Cardinal Mooney? Yeah. Like, what do you just you want the first job that comes along? Because now it's a program that has played playoff games the last couple of seasons, won a playoff game. They have an opportunity to really keep this thing going. And, yeah, I, I don't know whether it's going to be someone on the staff or an external hire. I don't know. But I just know that they'll have a pretty decent job there, and I'm sure they'll get a few more than a few interested candidates. That's a good staff, so I'm kind of hoping that somebody internally gets that 
Um, they beat Ever- They had never beaten Everest. They beat Everest this year. Mm-hmm. Um, what they'd beaten Shrine once in like twenty games, and they beat, beat them again this year. Absolutely. So, so now let's go to North Branch because North Branch, for the most part, and I know um, they had success back in the eighties um, and, and a little bit in the seventies, but for the past thirty years. Basically, the only success North Branch has had continuously has been under Jeremy Furman. I'm just looking. Okay, there, there's one. Yeah, one playoff win that was not under Jeremy Furman. So before Jeremy Furman got there, they had just six winning seasons dating back to 1987. Yeah. They were not a relevant football program. They were not a threat to win league titles, and they only made the playoffs three times total in their history prior to Furman getting there, and they've been in five years in a row. Yeah, and his first year Jeremy Furman showed up, they went 1-8. and eight. He was not taking over a program that had a great uh history of winning it really wasn't and he went one and eight his first year and his second year he won eight eight football games yeah so they went from one and eight to eight and three and he's going they they haven't had a season under seven wins yeah it's uh it's been a very very strong tenure one what won the BWAC twice in that time only one of two teams to win the BWAC twice in the last like six years. Um, they've yeah, they've had a really really great run. Um, Thirty nine and twelve since his first season when he went one and eight. Yeah, yeah. And two years ago, the COVID year, uh, and I know Brady, you feel this way too. We feel like had there not been a stoppage in the middle of the playoffs. Had they played the game as scheduled and where it was supposed to be played. North Branch beats Country Day. North Branch beats Country Day and might win a state title that year. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, but, yeah, you have to go back to Coach Smesnick, uh, the late Coach Smesnick for North Branch, and he had a run in the 70s and 80s uh, from about 75 through 86. They were consistently a winning football team, but since then – Jeremy Furman's been the guy at North Branch, and this is going to be a big decision. I don't know if Jeremy Furman's bringing his staff with him. I don't know if uh, they're staying behind, but this is kind of a big hire for North Branch. If they get someone that can keep this going, again, this was a senior-heavy team, Dennis, so you're going to have a chance to implement your system to kind of fresh clay and get your fingers in there. You don't have to transition it. You can kind of jump in head first. You might struggle year one. But this hire could either keep North Branch at the top of the BWAC, kind of slide down to where they had been before Furman got there, where it was four and five or five and four, and the flip game decided whether they uh, they were 500 or not. They scored 49 points a game this year. Yeah. 
They had 56, 60, 51, 34, 74, 62, 28, 35, 50, and 41 in their last playoff game. They only yeah. lost because Freeland was ridiculous and scored 61. And Freeland lost by, I think, a point or three points to Goodrich, who made it to the finals. Yeah. So North Branch wasn't that far off, and all I know is Flint Kersley is going to get a good football coach. Absolutely. And North Branch is, well, again, I don't know if there's two people or 200 people that want that job, but I'm going to be very curious to see how this mini coaching carousel we have goes. And, and, and how is it going to affect the BWAC? Right. Be, because, again, we've been saying it for a couple of years. We like BWAC football. They had a tough playoff this they year. Did. Um, it, it was their chance to kind of make the statement and kind of bust out on a statewide, you know, level, le, you know, yeah, level or, or I'm just thinking media wise, right. get some respect and it didn't really happen for them. And North branch has been like the last few years, one of those teams at the top, if there's a drop off and I'm not saying there will be. You know, we're going into an unknown. Yeah. Um, Walking into the fog. You know, who steps up? Who fills that void? We think Yale's on the up. Armada would love to really cement. Yeah. You know, Armada has been good for a couple of years, but yeah, they'd like to, to, I think, win a league title. Obviously, Croslex. They're saying we're not going anywhere. Yeah, they, they, and they feel like they've got unfinished business probably for the last couple of years. Just Richmond bounce back. Yeah, and that's the other team because for years, decades, Richmond has been a power, and they've kind of been down for a couple of years now. Is it time that the Blue Devils reclaim their, their spot in, in the big four, we'll call it? Yeah, because there's usually a top half and a bottom half of the BWAC. And they've been in the top half more often than not. Way more often. That is a proud program. And I'm sure there's people at North Branch going, don't worry, we'll be fine. We'll figure it out. Who knows? Maybe they have someone they already know who they're going to give the job to. But um, we'll, we'll, we'll find out when everyone else does. But yeah. just two programs that haven't had a ton of historical success that now – are looking to be able to pass the baton. Because I think that's the sign of a really strong program, is you can change head man and not see a ton of drop-off. You see it with Marine City all the time. Port Huron just went through it, where uh, Mullins gave it off to Perkins, and they're still winning Mac Blue titles, and it's the still chugging along. Yeah. That's when I think you have a program that is very strong and the culture's there to win. And it's kind of a test for both those programs in both those athletic departments and uh, Ubley's another example oh, yeah they uh, seem to change coaches every few years but again they kind of keep it in the organization I guess they yeah. call it and that's what Marine City has done as well um, and it's really paid off and I and again just curious to see how many I'd like to know how many applicants there are for both jobs and who they go with if I knew anything about coaching football I would apply <laughs> Because I right. think it's a good job. I they think, got great facilities. Yeah, that they've got great fans. Yes, um, that that community is fired up about that football team being good now, uh, and I'm sure that everybody wants to keep it that way. So, anything else, Dennis? On these uh, couple of openings, we do have 
some action for you the next two nights. So you'll be at hockey tonight, correct? Hockey tonight. I've got Northern and Brother Rice, 6 o'clock game on uh, Stream 1 from McMoran Arena. And you've got an interesting girls basketball game. St. Clair Port here on Northern, up at Northern. Going to keep my eye on that one. I get to see the Huskies two nights in a row, but the boys on Thursday when it's PH versus Northern in a game where I think PH, they – they kind of got embarrassed last year in this game, and Northern might be better, but how does PH fight Thursday night? Yeah, and uh, while that's going on, I'll be in Armada for that Armada Crosslex boys basketball game. You'll have a lot of fun with that yeah. one. Yeah, so uh, a lot of uh, good uh, action coming up the uh, next two nights here on GetStuckOnSports.com. You got anything else? I do not. Then I'm going to do this. From Port Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City, the Blue Water Area is Stuck on Sports.